Yo, 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 it's Roots and Grooves. I'm Jesse. Across from me is Jay. And that makes this Roots and Grooves. What's well, up, Jay? Welcome along, everybody. Roots and Grooves, another episode edging towards 100 episodes. Pretty close. Thanks for being here. Yeah. That was an awkward well, opening of mine. So uh, well, I try I, to make it awkward. I think I want to. That's something we should do is we should edit all the awkward moments together and put them together in a, mm. a compilation. I was something. thinking of that. For, as part of our 100th birthday. Yeah, just the worst <laughs> moments. Know, the worst it's moments. It's just all, uh, uh, uh. We should take all the uh, ums. Uh, 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 mm. I notice I say yes a lot every time you're speaking. Yes, yes, You know, yes. I'm breaking the, the rule of radio, which is you should just stay silent and nod your head. But it's really hard for me to I think it's good like, to ah. be, to <laughs> have those affirmations like, right. Yeah. Yep, I hear yeah. you. Yeah. Bet. I do that a lot. Hell yeah. Can you explain bet to me though? Because you text that to me a lot and I'm not hip. <laughs> to, I actually know what that means. Sometimes I Google it, I find the meaning and then I forget what the meaning is. And then you text <laughs> yeah. bet to me again and I'm like, I don't know. Uh, I think I know what it means. <laughs> I think, I I don't know where the etymology is, but I think it's like you bet. Oh, is that it? Is that it? Like you betcha. Like, and it's just short and bet. Okay. Like, yep, got it. Heard. Okay. Yep. Like, all right. Like an affirmation, like, Yep, I heard you. Let's do it. Like, you uh, want to go to the store? Yeah, bet. So you've basically you've taken you betcha and you bet and shortened it to bet. Even shorter. Soon we'll be just down to et. Mm-hmm. Or something yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. Eh. Got it. If, if that's wrong, let me know. <laughs> Kids. Yeah, it means something else completely. Something Who not knows? nice. Okay, but anyway, let's get into this, guys. We don't have all night. No. Our listeners are busy people. Yeah. We're talking about local natives. Yes. So, yes. yes. Uh, sorry, I was going to talk about some more BS, but let's let's get into this. <laughs> what did you have more BS? I, I have. It's endless. <laughs> okay. It's endless. Talk about that all day. Um, so we're out of Los Angeles, mm-hmm. Silver Lake specifically. Mm-hmm. This is a group of uh, what is it, five or six guys? Yeah. Um, it's hooky, nuanced indie rock. Yes. Um, a lot of good lyrical stuff, mm-hmm. like folk folky lyricism mm. and kind of narrative and storytelling mm-hmm. and just the general lyrical vibe and even melody vibe. But the the music is kind of, it's got a lot of folky kind of energy, but a little bit of post-punk or post-rock energy as well, mm-hmm. as we'll see. And it kind of, it all balances and it, call, it, it comes from these different influences as we'll talk about the, the scenes, the musical scenes that were going on in the past, like from the 2000s to 2010s. Mm-hmm. And this band, Local Natives, kind of came up from that, yeah. from that scene in the early 2000s, the post, post-rock, right. kind of hard, hard not, uh, not hardcore, but uh, bands like The Strokes or White Stripes, right. and then moving into like Vampire Weekend or Arcade Fire. Right. And so this is a band that kind of brought up in, in that wave that's been going on in the past, yeah. like from 20 years ago, essentially. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so they made kind of some waves coming up with good music. And a lot of it's, I guess, you know, if you're talking about the criticisms, um, you know, people would argue like, is this band the, themselves? Yeah. Are they totally influenced? Like, are they too influenced by this stuff happening around them? Yeah. Or are they leading the way? Which is a weird thing. You're talking about how people compare them a lot to like, what, Fleet Foxes and Arcade Fire? And yeah, stuff? just like, like uh, yeah, just mm. painting a picture about where yeah. they stand in the music yeah. scene and whether they're progressive or if they're followers right 
Um, and it's just that's completely subjective, yeah. and it, it means nothing as far as how good the music is and how 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 you how it makes you feel. Yeah. Um, but just trying to put some context out there for what we're talking about. Yeah. But basically, it's an indie rock band coming out of the 2010s. Uh, very good stuff. Really cool harmonies. Um, like Southern California, California bands always coming out with good harmony music. I don't know why. Surf. Yeah. Vibes. And that track I got, it's, mm-hmm. not, it's not like it's not like surf rock, but totally. Definitely like cruising along the beach with the wind in your hair. Totally. The sun's out listening you can, to this song. Yeah, you can yeah. You know, taste the salt on the air. You can yeah. feel the wind yeah. on your bangs. Yeah. And it's nice. Yeah. So that's what these guys are bringing to the table. Uh, what do they have? Three or four albums out? Yeah. And... Yeah, I guess uh, we got a, a track to play later on. It's one of the tracks that was that informed me about the band. Oh yeah, um, that I was influenced by, and I this is this band for me just it cu- keeps coming up hmm. over the past like five years, mostly five years. Really, um, just on different playlists, where I am, whatever. Hmm. Just I keep seeing it. Yeah. Um, so eventually, I looked into it, and I'm like, oh, these guys do this song. Oh, they also do that song. Okay. And there's a bunch of songs that I liked. Right. I was like, wow, I kind of like this band. Um, hence bringing them to the table to Rooster Grooves today so we can hash it out and really get into it. So like the biggest played track on Spotify is the one we opened with, right? Dark Days. Mm-hmm. But I hadn't, I hadn't heard that before. So it's interesting. I, I wanted uh, to start with that one because I yeah. think it's low-key not very known. It's not super well known. Yeah. But Do you know who the vocalist is? There's like a female vocalist on that, right? Uh, yeah, I don't know what yeah. happened with that. Yeah. I, I, yeah, we'll look that up. But let me look that, that up because that, that I didn't... hit me sideways from everything I've seen about them. I didn't think they had collaborators, so right, we'll have to look that up. Yeah, um, but, and I feel yeah, I failed on that to find that out. But they, for example, they also released a track where that same the same song, yeah, except for Sylvan Esso is doing the female vocals. Oh, okay. So I don't know what's yeah. going on with that specific part, but they just like featuring a female. I don't know Sylvan Esso. I've heard that name though. But I don't know who. I believe that's a band from Iceland. Oh, okay. All right. Interesting. I'm intrigued. Or I'm mixing My them up. Interest with... is peaked. I, I might be mixing <laughs> them up with Sigurio. Uh, Sigur, oh, Sigur uh, Ross. Sigur Ross. Yeah. But I thought they were also from. I think she, they could be. Si- I think Sylvanessa is also Icelandic. Could be. I think. But let's. Yeah. Let's take a step off the break let's here, take boy. A, let's take a step. <laughs> okay. But uh, let's, we'll find that out in the process here. But anyway, yeah. local natives. Yeah. Yeah. Cool band. We got another song we're about to play. Let's get into it. And this is a song off of their first album, their first full length LP. Listening to Rooster Grooves, that was the local natives with a track called Wide Eyes from their debut album, Gorilla Manor. That came out all the way back in the fine year of 2009. Mm, that was a great year. That was a great year. 
uh, and uh, Gorilla Manor, what was named after the house that they all lived in when they all moved to LA, right, hmm. as a band. Um, and uh, I think one, one of the uh, worst questions they were ever asked in an in a interview was, does that mean you all monkey around? Apparently, <laughs> was the thing. But apparently they did monkey around because uh, they didn't get their deposit back from that place they rented because they... Oh, really? I don't know what they did. They just like, partied too much. They were young. So there were kids. I mean, basically, so this band started, they all met in uh, high school and have been together. It's been a, a bit of a lineup change, mm -hmm. but, um, but essentially they've been together since high school through college, uh, through dropping out of high school. Some of them graduated, some of them dropped out. They all moved in together into this house in LA and just started this musical career pretty much like, um, yeah, that's like, yeah. Do you know anything else about the early years? Uh, no. Yeah. Okay. No, basically, yeah. Yeah. Starting, I mean, Orange County. Right. High school. Yeah. 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 And I mean, yeah. real quick, I was just going to say, did we say their names? No, we didn't. No, we should do that. Yeah. Got guitarist, Ryan Hahn. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Um, Taylor Rice. Vocals and guitar. Kelsey Ayer. Vocals, keyboards, percussion, guitar. Mm -hmm. um, and so Rice is like the main lead. Yeah. But then these other guys do like backing lead. Right. You yeah. know, right? Like yeah, they're all yeah, kind yeah, of doing yeah, these yeah. harmonies and they're all kind of. Yeah. You know, when I saw him do the Tiny Desk concert, there's like essentially three vocalists. Yeah. yeah. For example, you know. But anyway. Yeah. That was all of them. Was that? No. Matt Fraser, drums. Oh, he was on my next paragraph. I wasn't <laughs> there yet, Jay. I'm going by paragraphs. Okay. Here. Okay. I did my notes. Who else? Who else? You have the. Uh, who else do I have? Let's see. Matt Fraser. No. Matt oh. Fraser, that's what I just no, said. said. Oh, I no, just <laughs> Andy Ham. Uh, who used to be bass guitar. He left in 2011. Right. And then, so who replaced him? Uh, I don't have that. Um, Nick Ewing is, is uh, who replaced him on bass, does keyboards and backing vocals as okay. well. Uh, they used to have a drummer for like one hot minute for one year, Joey Monaco. From 2005 to 2006. Joey Monaco is a great name. That's a great name. Porn star name or <laughs> stand-up comedian. Yeah, he could have a varied career. Or, or just like your friend that you live in Las Vegas and you have this one friend who's a little bit crazy that wears the sequin jacket. Don't worry about him. That's yeah. just Joey Monaco. <laughs> Let's go to Monaco's <laughs> later. I'm sorry, Joey. I don't know what he's up to now. Um, but yeah, basically, you said the three vocalists... Taylor, Kelsey, and Ryan, right, mm -hmm. are also the three lead songwriters in the band. Um, they're the ones that contribute pretty much all of the music, and then they all come together as a band to flesh it out, kind yeah. of thing. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I guess we're just talking about kind of their high school, and they they played in some various punk bands, right? Yeah, they were just kind of in the scene, some post-hardcore. You know, yeah. rock bands. They were in and out of these bands in Orange County. Yeah, around that time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and that's basically all I know. Yeah, and I think um, it was interesting. They used to basically do the old school thing with like rehearsing in a garage. One of the, uh, I'm not sure whose garage it was, but mm -hmm. one of the band members. Um, and I think Taylor kind of explained how the vocal kind of stylings come about because if you listen to local natives thing one of the main things is the harmony right as we talked about like the three vocals layered up and and taylor basically said it was because they're all teenagers and they all wanted to sing 
like you know they all wanted to be the singer kind of thing and so they figured it out by just being like well we can all sing but let's harmonize and so they used as inspiration beach boys mm -hmm. crosby stills and nash mm -hmm. a few other artists like that kind of thing to sort of really hone in on like okay we can do this like you do high low middle and then we'll switch it up kind of thing you know so not not one person's always doing the high and you know and stuff like that and so that was like something they established very early on as teenagers in a garage kind of thing mm. and something they've really kept on to throughout all the years and i think you sort of opened up the show sort of saying about how there was this weird sort of um comparison of local natives to other bands like fleet foxes and stuff like that mm -hmm. um and it's funny because i think it was around 2010 um I saw briefly like a Guardian interview just now about um, talking about them and how they said that they were halfway through making their first album when Fleet of Foxes came out with their first thing. Mm -hmm. And they were like, oh shit, like, you guys better listen to this because they're going to eat our lunch or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like they hadn't heard them. They didn't know of them. And they, they'd come out with like a similar sounding vibe. Kind that's, of thing. that's what's interesting. The Fleet yeah. Foxes weren't around. Right for a long time before they dropped their first album. Right. And then yeah. people are going back and being like, oh, you guys copied their band? Yeah. So it's just an interesting, so, subjective, yeah. I don't know what to say. And I think um, and I think one of the band members from Local Natives sort of said, like, okay, we were angry, but then they were like, let's not be so angry. Let's actually realize that one of the commonalities is the harmonies and, and mm -hmm. now people were liking listening to harmonies. So now what we're offering is actually like not so weird or out of place kind of thing. Yeah. Sort of thing. But, um, but yeah, but that whole thing about being compared to those bands, I think is, it's, it's a weird sort of like, it comes, for me, it comes back to this weird press coverage media thing. Something I'm seeing a lot of commonalities in, in, in every artist that we research for this show is that um, there's common threads. There's like a storyline. And I forgot to mention it because in our last episode with uh, Frank Moody, he just said something off the cuff, but it like, oh, okay. He said when, because he was asked about how they described their music. And he was like, oh, this is something we stew on a lot when we were putting together our press release and, and uh, creating our plot line. He said plot line, the word plot line to me, it was really interesting because it resonated with me because I've seen this now in everything that we might see about other bands. There is a plot line. There is a story that they mm -hmm. want to get out there. It's like the artist's story, their narrative kind that's of thing. That's what I'm saying. The narrative is key yeah. to yeah. human existence, bro. Yeah. It's like that's what we do is tell stories. And narrative is yeah. deep within our psyche. So it's something I see a lot of all of these artists. And I think it, and, and we've probably seen this before with, with other like famous people, is like you either own the narrative mm -hmm. about you or it gets put on you. Right, right. And I think this is kind of what's happened with local natives of, is that weird narrative of being compared to all of those different bands was put on them by all of these weird journalists that had nothing else to write about or couldn't think about what to write about. Right, and, yeah. And they did this weird comparison thing. Like This band know, sounds yeah. like this band. They yeah. must be copying them. <laughs> I'm going to write about it. i got, I got to read you this fucking phrase because I thought it was funny. Uh, uh, so, someone described them. Uh, oh, shit. I lost my place. Okay, a fleet of arcade vampires on fire. Wow. It, like, this journalist like used all those band names in that. A fleet of arcade vampires on fire to describe local natives. Oh, that's, that's poetic. 
Sometimes I'm like, these journalists are like, I'm, I feel really smart writing this. Just yeah. wait until this is on the internet. Look <laughs> at these adjectives. Because <laughs> anyway, but yeah. yeah, good for them. Something I thought about just so it aggravates me sometimes when we're researching artists and I come across sort of um, common themes that are written about time and time again. Like cliches. Like cliche. It's kind of like journalists grappling onto straws. Yeah. They had nothing original to write about. They can't think about how to talk about a, an artist other than to use comparisons. Comparison is the thief of joy anyway. So, mm -hmm. you know. Nice. <laughs> Mic drop. Out. Mic drop. <laughs> End of the episode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. But let's uh, let's let's move along here. So Rice was attending U UCLA after high school, mm -hmm. and I think the other guys weren't in university. I think yeah, like, a few of them dropped out straight out of high school. I think right. So they Assuming, were all still yeah. like together as a unit, yeah. creating music. But he was at UCLA, and they were all just doing their own thing, whatever. Yeah. Rice graduated in 2008, I believe. Okay, the time period we're working in. Mm -hmm. That's when they recruited the drummer Matt Frazier, mm -hmm. and and also Andy Ham bass player. Okay. Um, and then this is when they moved to Silver Lake yeah. of Los Angeles. Right. So yeah. this is after they're all graduated. Yeah. Or they're not graduated, but after Rice graduated, they're all done with high school. Yeah. They're kind of like at the beginning of their lives now as far as their band. Yeah. You know, they haven't released an album yet, mm -hmm. but they're coming up on it. So uh, fast forward 2011, Ham left the group. Mm -hmm. And that's just my little note. Um, so I don't know. They started making their first album though, right? Yeah. Um, I, was Andy Ham on the first album? I don't know. That's I think he was, yeah, on Gorilla Manor. Um, it, yeah, 2010. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was all recorded at Red Rocket's Glare Studio, apparently, which is in West Los Angeles, produced by, sorry, Raymond Richards. Produced, oh. Recorded and produced by Raymond Richards. I don't know anything about I just but credit where credit is cheese. <laughs> he did it. Um, yes, yeah, so, I mean, so yeah. this they come out pretty hot, and they got some good... It's a great album. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, I, I think I saw it written somewhere, and it resonated with me a little bit, Battle Cry. Mm. You know what I mean by that? Mm -mm. The music is, the album's feel has this sort of kind of Battle Cry energy to it. A lot of that sort of tribal percussive drums. Okay, yeah. With like... Um, kind of the singing is almost chanting, not right. quite, but you know. So it's kind of that sort of like. No, they were energy. they were kind of latching, yeah. not latching, but they they found themselves in that kind of energy. Yeah, that same kind of that 2010s, you know. Right. I don't know. That's. Yeah. that's I think that's a similar vibe that they were. They they were feeling as well as the other bands in the scene. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm out. I'm out. Okay. Um. <laughs> so okay so here's what i'm saying though yeah. 2010 yeah in the greater scene there was yeah. a blog scene and they they capitalized on that oh okay and that's how i think they got um a lot of their just the word out that they were a band they had a new album out right their debut album yeah um and so they just i think there's a a website called hype machine yeah yeah and yeah it's like lists of blogs and they they saw the names of blogs so they just start let's hit them up right. let them know we're out here yeah, yeah and so that was one of the big kind of catalytic things that wow. got the ball rolling for their band i believe is blogs okay yeah. um you know at least one you know they were probably doing a bunch of other stuff but that yeah. was what i came across online yeah so their first album comes out and it's pretty pretty good pretty yeah. good acclaim um 
you know, they started playing around, right? They toured. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a success. It debuted on the Billboard 200 at number three in the new artist chart. So that's huge. That is pretty big for a fucking debut album. Number three on any kind of chart anywhere. Yeah. And so one of the interesting things is that this band, they've been playing live before that album came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before that album came out, they were playing live. So they were cutting their teeth, like learning how to do harmonies live, yeah. play their songs live. Yeah. And like that, that was a lot of the work that went yeah, in yeah. before they actually got their break. Yeah, they said they did hundreds of shows yeah. before putting out their first album. So yeah. they, yeah, they sort of, you know, skin in the game or whatever, or just, mm-hmm. gr- yeah, cutting your teeth, like for sure. Like that's a, that's a big thing, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. and that, that's what allowed them to, once they got the opportunity, you know, that they, they perceived it as luck or right. whatever. Like these things are happening, yeah. but it's really because they were prepared. Like we've discussed, they were prepared for the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, they had the chops. They could play. They could go on tour and play shows. Yeah. That's huge. So they did. Well, yeah. I mean, maybe this is the same for every artist we cover, but they're definitely one of these bands that made it happen. You know? Right. And, uh, and by, yeah, DIY. Uh, yeah. And by that, I mean, you know, they didn't like just play a few shows and like, oh, people like us. Oh, we, oh, Someone wants to sign us. Oh, we're oh we're successful now. Mm-hmm. No, they like they specifically all moved into one house in LA to work on music and to pursue this career kind of thing. And so they were all very much, you know, like we're gonna do this kind yeah. of thing. And so they made it happen. You know, um, I love it. It was a, a decision of conviction. Yeah, and the hype machine thing is a very proactive way of promoting yourself. Again, DIY. Exactly. Yeah, doing all the shows yourself kind of thing. Um, one gray area is I don't know how they got their record deal, you know. I don't either. Yeah. Some of this stuff, it is coming across as like shallow or I don't have a lot of info, but that's what I could find. But also, you know, a lot of artists don't put that out there. It's it's very rare to sort of find the information on how an artist got signed. It's it's still like like a little bit of, still some artists want want to be perceived as like uh, mystic or like mysterious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That also, and, you know, it's interesting, I see, because going back to that whole conversation about the narrative and press and PR for an artist kind of thing, it's like, if you don't put the information out there, then it's not out there. Mm -hmm. And by out there, I mostly mean the internet, Mm because let's face it, we're not going... The internet is everything. We're not knocking down people's doors to, like, find the answers here or going to the library, you know? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, like, if it's not on the internet, you know, it means they haven't, they haven't talked about it publicly kind of thing, you know, in a way that's meaningful for someone to write it down like mm-hmm. it's on our website. So Exactly. Yeah. So it's not, I think it's less mystique and more just sort of like, it's not something that they want to focus on. It's, like, yeah, it's, it's not a narrative that yeah. they're like, here's how we got signed. Yeah. Like that's not what they're, that's not what they care about. But for us, that's interesting, you know, as musicians. And right. The, the roots, the grooves. And I mean, that's you know, what, you know, how these artists came from nothing to something. Kind yeah. Of thing, yeah. And that, that's so, information yeah. we would love to present to you guys. Sometimes we can't find it, yeah. but that's why we're all here together. So if you guys could show us or inform us. Maybe we'll just go drop some knowledge through every episode and do a, a, a one-on-one interview with the actual artists we talked about. Eventually, <laughs> like, we should. We'll confront them. We'll like Compare, contrast. Compare, contrast. Yeah. What do we yeah. get wrong? Exactly. Everything. Everything, yeah. We're canceled. But... Uh, yeah. No, so let's just move on because we don't yeah, know too much yeah. about the details about this stuff. So the next album comes out uh, as Hummingbird. 
Right. Yeah. And so that one's, you know, I don't know. It's it's more good stuff. This band kind of slowly progresses. Yeah, they're progressing. It's, they're building on the same vibes. Though, yeah, it's building. Manor, I think. It's another good album. Yeah. Some people really like it. Some people are critical of it. Yeah. But overall, it's a great album. Yeah. Like, it's a it's a great, decent album from a new band, is what I'm saying. And it's, that dropped in 2013. Yeah. And there's 12 songs on it. It's produced by Aaron Desner of a band called The National. Mm-hmm. I've, heard, I've heard of The National. Yeah, National's pretty big. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Hummingbird is a little bit of a more bleak yeah. vibe. Introspective. Mm-hmm. Um, they did, someone did say it departed from the battle cry urgency. So that's where I kind of got that thing from. Um, totally. Earlier. Yeah. But this one was a little bit more subdued in that sense. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to say, because there's some cool artwork on here. Mm-hmm. And it's it's featured like a ledge, and there's a guy like halfway on, halfway off, and like his buddies are around him, presumably helping or something. Um, oh, we'll put that up on the screen now, so we could all see. Nice. Yeah. I thought it was a painting, but I think it's a photo that's been photoshopped a bit. Right, exactly. And so in the background, it's just sky. Yeah. Like he's gonna fall. So it's a cool image. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the thing I'm, the point I'm making is, the the guys in the band do all of the artwork. And they all have history with graphic design. Mm-hmm. And so they all just, they're artists, so they just keep it in-house. They're like, we can do it, and we want to have the control. We don't want to relinquish that control or objectivity yeah. um, for our brand, for our art. Yeah. And so we're just going to do it. Yeah. And so they do it. And yeah. I just think that's cool. Yeah. So again, hitting the DIY aspect mm-hmm. and just being really all-encompassing and really creating art and putting it out yeah. you know, Definitely. in just the most grassroots way. Because like connecting with other artists and using other art for your artwork is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with that. It's great. Yeah. But it's just also really cool to see people doing DIY stuff yeah. and making the music and making their own art. Yeah, yeah. It's just cool to see. Definitely. Well, it like completes the vision. Like I think, I mean, really, if you think about it, like um, releasing music, but it's been sort of a bit of a commercial thing, right? Because, you know, if someone like Bob Dylan back in the day put an an album, he didn't care about music videos or marketing or PR Mm -hmm. or artwork. He just cared about writing the songs, you know? Well, that's that's what I've been thinking about a lot and what I've been looking at or reading about, like how our society is in a postmodern society Mm. where advertising is the same as entertainment. Mm. And they're like, it's all mixed up. Yeah, yeah. Like the branding. Right. Like we watch ads, yeah. but it's like a little, it's like a TikTok, for example. Yeah. And it's a skit. Yeah. And it's meant to be entertaining. Yeah. And you can watch it and like, oh, that's funny, but it's an ad. Right. Yeah. But yeah. it's both. Yeah. It's literally both. Well, sometimes they, they do it on purpose, like Saturday Night Live. They'll do a whole comedy sketch with like brand names in it. And so it's definitely a tie-in somehow. It's mixed up. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. It's yeah. art. It's entertainment. Yeah. And it's capitalism, yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah. yeah. America. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just it's just a weird little, anyway, little side quest there. Yeah, well, that's kind of what a little bit what I was trying to get at is like back in the day, I think like releasing an album was seen by a record label was more like packaging. How do we promote and market this artist and music yeah. to sell things kind of thing, to sell the records. Whereas, uh, you know, if you think about it from an artist level, like, okay, if I need to do a video and if I need to do artwork, I would rather own that package rather than delegate it to someone else, right. you know. And every artist is different, even up until, like, new artists now, that's fine, you know. 
you don't have to do it all yourself but 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 the opportunity is there mm -hmm. to do that to really like you know if you have a grand vision for thing i mean some people call it a concept album right but it doesn't necessarily have to be a concept album mm -hmm. it could just be like like these guys are doing local natives is they know how they want to present their music kind of thing you yeah know? Like, and so if you know yeah. that yeah better to just have the control and, and do what you want exactly instead yeah. of have somebody else try to get what you already know you want yeah you know yeah, yeah. i don't know anyway yeah. i say we move on yeah because i want to play another song yeah, yeah sunlit youth comes out in 2016 right. yes so that's their next album that's their third full-length lp there's 12 songs on it and a uh, departure yeah. sound wise again Again, so yes, narrative change, plot, yeah. the plot thickens. <laughs> so yeah, um, I mean, talk to me. Well, I mean, I said that someone said the second album was a departure from the Battle Cry Urgency, uh, which is a fine description to have. But also, I feel like the first two albums sound like the same band. It was like, mm -hmm. you know, we're an indie rock band, we're doing this thing kind of thing. Sunlit Youth comes out. To me, this is very different like it's almost poppy sounding mm -hmm. it's more polished it's 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 not your average indie rock band it's like yeah. they've made a decision to make a different sound now yeah i think That's yeah what I, feel about. I i i think they yeah. this band does things intentionally yeah, yeah. which is what i like yeah. and i think what we both like um and i think they did make an intentional change and i don't know exactly the context of what they were aiming for mm -hmm. but it seems a little bit um you know leveled up as, as there's a, a poppier edge to it yeah although it is still indie rock yeah in the arena of indie rock you know what i mean yeah but it's it's uh it's more artistic like it's a little yeah. bit more dynamic as far as the music like the the writing production goes right um but let's before we talk about it more let's let's play this track yeah, yeah. this is another track that um, one of the ones that was swirling around on playlists over the years and i just keep kept coming across it and i was like wow okay not bad by the local natives from their third album sunlit youth different vibe there from their first two albums i like it though it's almost a little bit i want to say like a lilting reggae vibe but it's not really reggae but you know what i mean there's like something in there that's like a little bit no like, like it could have been if they put that yeah. that kick on the three you know like okay yeah. <laughs> right yeah 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 because the bass line is very like sort of dubby almost or yeah no like totally that, right? yeah um, I mean, yeah, so you can see how they expand with this kind of dynamic thing. It's like yeah. it starts as this really bluesy, dry vocal thing. Yeah. And then it like the the bassy, synthy thing comes in and it's like, like, whoa, this is expansive. I'm going to do for different, yeah. you know, arena as far as listening to this. Yeah, yeah. So uh, very cool. Yeah, I think they did a, so a few different things for this album, I think, which contributed to the change in sound. 
uh, one of the biggest things being their own outlook and perspective on things. Because, um, you know, they say they, they have big gaps between their albums, um, but it's because they're touring all the time. You mm -hmm. know? So they'll release an album and they'll tour for two years nonstop. And then they need at least a year to recalibrate, write the next album, record it, get all that shit done. Um, so like when it came time for this one, they'd already been in the game for a while. It's 2016, mm -hmm. this came out at least six years since their first album, but longer than that since they started making music as teenagers in high school and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and But it was like Taylor sort of like talked about this concept of um, realizing like maybe like in life we think the world is static you know it exists and we have to find our way to fit in it and mm -hmm. make things work for us kind of thing um and i think a revelation for him and something that they all kind of shared as a band and wanted to communicate through this album is that it's not the world is not concrete like the world is actually yours for the making like you can like you know, do things in this world that can change, make change happen. Sort mm -hmm. of thing. Not he didn't really say it in that way, but like no, but it's it's yeah. malleable. Yeah, it's it's not binary, cut and dry out there. Like yeah, like you said, I gotta find my way to fit into that. Yeah, it's I create that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's flipped. So you know, being a a, a creator rather than a reactor. You know, right, exactly. Most people, most people, most of us are reacting to things, and it's easy to do when you're younger. You know, when you're in twenties and you're just getting your life started or whatever, and it's like, um, you know, all of this reality adult shit is put on you, kind of thing. And you know, and I don't know, maybe even, maybe even as a kid, because I don't know about you, but like, you know, when I was a kid, you know, I always thought, oh, the adults, you know, they're the adults. They know everything about things. They're, they're in charge and all that sort of stuff. And then you become an adult and you're like, oh no, they just have, we have just even less of a cue, clue as us as children did. Yeah. <laughs> We're still figuring it out, you know. And then isn't that the most scary thought? It is, yeah. Once you're an adult, you'll see. <laughs> it was like, oh, I thought this was more of a... Like None a, of them knew what they were doing? They didn't know what they were doing? Oh, fuck. We're all <laughs> fucked. Yeah. No, but it's the good thing. And I think it's the thing that they've put through this album, Sunlit Youth. I haven't listened closely to the lyrics, but I think they're sort of communicating this idea through lyrically as well. Mm -hmm. um, but but that sort of explains a lot about like the change in sound and, and what they're trying to communicate. Just them realizing that, um, you know, that, you know, we can, we can do things. We can change, make the world how we want it to be and make mm -hmm. our lives how we want it to be mm -hmm. like we don't have to like be stuck reacting to these situations being in a box kind of thing and also like stagnating creatively as well you know like i think they were getting to a point where it was like you know they're touring and they're also listening to other music whilst they're touring you know in their own time and their influences are widening you know and and they want that to be reflected in the music they make as well. Yeah, you know, it's like just because we're an indie rock band doesn't mean we have to keep stick to the same lane. You know, mm -hmm. we can actually change things. There's nothing stopping us from changing things. You know, yep. and so that's what they did. And uh, another part of this as well was like the travel aspect. Like they they did a lot of traveling whilst they were writing for this album. They spent a lot of time in Thailand, um, in Joshua Tree. Um, and I think it was this album where they said a lot of times they 
would do lyrics as like an afterthought kind of thing. Like it was like the very last thing. Basically, they like hummed melodies and they were like listening to these tracks with mumbles for months, you know. <laughs> and I think Taylor was saying, it, um, we know how this goes because I think we have a few tracks right now between the two of us that have mumbles on them. Yeah. Just like, you know, placeholder it's good melodies. Stuff. Yeah. It's what has to happen. But I think Taylor was like, sometimes you get stuck with, with those phonetics and, and mm -hmm. the cadence of that. And it's like almost putting yourself in a box. Mm -hmm. So I think this time around, they consciously wanted to try and write lyrics up front mm. and try and get them done as early as possible. So when they went to Joshua Tree, uh, that writing trip was not even music related. It was purely just writing lyrics. Kind of oh, thing, wow. You know, so uh, yeah, that I think there was a lot of different things that came into making this album, which is why it sounds so different. But the good thing I like about it is it's it's different than the first two, but I still really like it. Like I feel like they're going somewhere. Right. They're still making good music. It's not like a disappointing thing where they've turned direction too yeah, much like or whatever. Yeah, they tried like, something know. new and it didn't work. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I'm not going to follow this band anymore. Yeah, or they've like, oh, I hate to say it, fits in the tantrums. We did an episode mm. of you few weeks ago i mean their first album to their most recent album if you compare the two is very it's like too opposite of a direction for me whereas for sure whereas uh, local natives they're not going in the two opposite direction they're they're sort of just recalibrating themselves as humans and how mm -hmm. that relates to the music they're making yeah thing, like, you know, i mean i really uh, feel like the first two albums were like them coming into themselves and really proving to themselves that okay we could do this we could we can reach these echelons that these other bands have done. We can tour, we can create good songs that people like and connect with. But now they're with Sunlit, um, or my bad, what is it called? Sunlit Youth? Yeah. It's it's more of like trailblazing yeah. focus. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, okay, we're here, we're in this arena, we've built what we've built, yeah. we're a band. Let's just like, let's go off the path a little bit yeah. and forge our own way. Yeah. And that's really cool. Yeah. That's all I got to say. I say we move on to the next album. Yeah, Violet Street. So yeah, so 2019, we're, yeah. we're getting pretty caught up to modern times now. Mm -hmm. 10 songs, 2019, Violet Street. Uh, this is really good. This has one of their hugest songs okay. on it. Right. And so basically, I want to play that, and then we can talk about it. Because this, this song is just really good. Look at it live. Um, it's another one of the ones that just kind of kept coming up, and I was like, oh, that's a dope song, Local Natives put a pin in that and then you know i just kept seeing that come up with right. these other songs dark days and that's when i started to put it all together but this song really impressed me okay. um just the harmonies the the way the song is driving the way that it's just fully put together it's really energetic and really beautiful um so it's called when am i gonna lose you
moment am I gonna lose you a massive track from local natives from the most recent album Violet Street came out in 2019 um that album was produced by this guy Sean Everett I don't know if you heard them talk about him at all in your research or anything uh like no I didn't but the name's familiar um yeah he's like fucking has a long crazy ass list of credits yeah producing and mixing he's done stuff for Beck Weezer um he produced tyranny which is the julian casablancas and the voids album i think you maybe played i don't know if you played me that album you played me some julian casablancas yeah yeah stuff yeah. at some point I, yeah yeah um, i try to refrain from playing that stuff every episode you do yeah really but you really want to yeah i could <laughs> find a reason to you need to get your own show on signal you can play whatever you like <laughs> But not here. No, <laughs> not, not here, though. He said, not here. <laughs> no, you could, we could do that. We could go live on TikTok and do whatever we yeah, like. Yeah, we, we haven't done that live again. We, we haven't go. done... Well, that was fun when we used to do that. Yeah. We should bring that back. We're, we will this yeah. winter. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think, like, they talked about him as... He's uh, kind of a little bit of a crazy sort of maverick in in terms of, like... He's, like, really quick on Pro Tours and stuff like that. Like, he'll okay. be, he'll be Sean like... Everett. Yeah, he'll be in the computer control room going on the keyboard kind of thing. We're like, look what I made kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how they said it. But um, um, but yeah, I think like he he sort of helped them um, because they were like, they as a band, Lost Natives, they said they've, they spent a lot of their career on these albums, like really kind of made, not, they didn't say overthinking, mm. but really kind of demoing a lot and... Um, working on things a lot um they even mentioned they have this really great long interview i didn't watch all of it but grammy museum local natives interview it's like a hour-long interview with specifically about this album actually violet street mm. with the whole band so i didn't watch all of it but definitely nuggets of information in there kind of thing. um uh but they were saying that um there can be this thing called demoitis you know how they say it like someone they'll you have you'll write a cool thing you'll demo it and then you you spend the rest of the time trying to reproduce it trying mm -hmm. to like recapture that thing that was in the demo and mm -hmm. sometimes you get there sometimes you don't i i remember we did this episode on the xx and there's there's tracks that they've literally not put out because they couldn't recapture the magic that was in the demo kind of thing right so right. I think this time around they didn't want to demo anything. They were just trying to keep it as close to the original idea as possible. They said, if you've got something cool, just record it in your iPhone. That's it. Mm -hmm. Don't take it any further. They said because they in the band, they're all capable of producing the music themselves and demoing things and all that. Mm -hmm. But this time around, they just wanted to all come together and recapture that joy of being a band, playing in a room together. Um, that sort of... Uh, a thing you get of uh playing together and connecting and and sort of feeding back on each other with your ideas kind of thing it sounds like they sort of maybe lost in the writing process along the way mm -hmm. um and something they really wanted to bring back for this album so like spontaneity the live aspect kind of thing is kind of what they talked a bit about that i saw for this album while street yeah amen sir yeah no, I think that astute observations. Yeah. Uh, I, I like this album. I like this band. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I guess we're kind of there. That's all I got on this this band. Yeah. Uh, like I like where they've come from, and I like where they're going. I like seeing the growth they, and and the change. They do have label, obviously a manager, but they're DIY. Yeah. In terms of like how they started, their perspective, definitely how they write music, mm -hmm. what they write. That's so, that's one of the main takeaways. Um, this band does does everything. It's it seems. Yeah. With uh, with intention. Yeah. And changing direction, third album in, you know, without really, you know. I think that was the thing as well, going back to earlier in the conversation about um, the comparison stuff. Uh, there was something that one of the guys from Local Natives said is like, there are artists out there that make music for business and mm -hmm. we're not one of them. Mm -hmm. We're in it for the art kind mm -hmm. of thing. And I think that really shows on their change of direction and being able to follow through on their artistry with, without it doesn't seem like they're being interfered with by label or business or marketing yeah. concerns kind of thing like they're able to sort of do that so yeah that's really hard to do but they're doing it and they're making a, a living it seems like at least know, enough to it. keep yeah, going exactly <laughs> at least enough to put out another so, album yeah. <laughs> Well, I've hit the road for two years, though, to make it happen, maybe, is the thing. Like, yeah. like you said, yeah, they're doing yeah. it for the love of the music. Yeah. They're doing it for themselves. Actually, I forgot about that. That's what they literally said. I saw an interview. Uh, they were asked about the definition of success. Uh, and they said, you know, all, we, all that's all within their control is to write the music they want to write and go out and play it live. Mm -hmm. So they don't have any control over anything else. And the best thing for them to do is to be able to travel and to be able to connect with the audience and mm -hmm. share these songs and ha have that two-way sort of communication with them so again connection yeah connection that's it's what they're about, about. yeah yeah i yeah. love it yeah i mean these guys are really good from yeah. their mindset to their music yeah their outlook their perspective i can get behind these guys frank yeah. no no i was gonna say frank moody frank moody <laughs> previous episode if you haven't listened go check it out local natives but yeah. Frank Moody is also another cool, cool band. Yeah. Uh, local natives. What else do we got? Uh, I think that is all I had. Thought I wanted to spew out. Yeah. Oh, actually, one I'm more thing. I'm all spewed out. Sorry, one more thing. Radio. You know that app? No. It's funny because we first talked about it on the Polo and Pan episode. There's this app called Radio with like five O's. Okay. It does. Where, yeah. It's a website. You can go there and you can go scroll back in time and you can listen to what was popular in a different country okay. in a certain time period. You did mention that. I think we first talked about it because Polo and Pan's friends had made the site. And they, okay. And these are the same guys that do Polo and Pan's artwork. We Sweet. talked about another episode recently where Radio came out with this artist that she was listening a lot to that app to create lyrics. Right. And also local natives have discovered it and have been listening to it. So I think it's funny that we dis we talked about the origins of it in the in the same chronological order as we've been finding right. other artists finding out about it. Yeah, we never we didn't plan that, but yeah. We didn't, and we didn't hear about it beforehand. No, we didn't hear it in in yeah. previous almost hundred episodes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it's a, it's maybe it's, it's an interesting thing. More and more artists are like citing this as a cool place to go. That's a good point for inspiration. Local natives did it in a way where they were like, um, they had this weird experiment where they'd take like like a scene from a movie. So they took like the first eight minutes from I think uh, the movie Driver. Mm. And they brought up radio, this app, Radio, um, and they pulled up a song 
random song from a different area, from a different country. And then they asked the band members, like, play something in this style. And so they played something to try and mimic or re replicate that sort of vibe and style sort of thing. And they created the song and then they edited the song to the movie scene kind of thing. Mm -hmm. To sort of have it, have the audio match the picture kind of thing. They sounded like a weird experiment. I think they did it twice. There was like B-sides that never got released. One of them might have gotten released as a B-side somewhere kind of thing. But it's just weird to me. This stuff didn't make their album, but they were using this app as inspiration mm -hmm. um, for things. So... I mean, it, you know, it keeps coming. It's come up like three times now. And yeah. the first time is the origin story. Pilo and Pan, Reese Grooves, the origin story of it's right radio. There. It's right there. Okay, listen back. Go check it out. <laughs> check out that app. Yeah. Uh, but it does seem like artists, you know, doing stuff in contemporary music industry today are using that app. Yeah, for some reason. So, I mean, check it out. It could yeah. be very useful. Yeah, I believe it's radio with five O's dot com. Five O's. I think, yeah. Google it. Radio. Check it out. Yeah. Let us know what you think. Are we good on local natives? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I'm good. I feel good about this episode. Yeah. I think we were insightful. I think we learned something. I hope everybody else did too. But if you guys have anything else to let us know, we want to learn more about local natives. We're here to learn and grow with you guys. So let us know some cool facts. Uh, if we fucked up on some information, let us know because we want to correct it. Um, but if you guys got anything to say, good or bad, let us know. Jay's got the email. Reach the grooves at signalradio.com. S-I-G-N-L radio.com. Grooves is a production of Signal Radio. For more music and independent culture, visit signalradio.com. That's S-I-G-N-L radio.com.